with another episode of Kapowcast. We've took a couple weeks off to recharge our batteries and uh, shower. Shower. <laughs> this is the most important thing. Yeah. I am Mike. I am joined by Jeff Jefferson from Flask Action Heroes. Hello, everyone. We've missed you all. I've missed you. How have you been? I've been well. I've been doing good. Um, I've been working on uh, eating cookies mainly. <laughs> what kind of cookies? Oh, oh! I'm glad you asked. Um, I tried a Reese's cookie with like where the rest of the cookie was chocolate and it had Reese's cups inside of it. That well, sounds like madness. It wasn't very good. I was surprised. Have you had? Um, and see, this is the quality programming you've been missing. <laughs> have you Have you tried the Reese's cups with like the Reese's pieces in it? Yeah, I was kind of disappointed. Like they're very not noticeable. Yeah, I just kind of I was like, is there a bug in my Reese's cup or something? With like, is there like a light crunch to it? Was, that was a bug. Oh damn it! <laughs> <laughs> damn dollar store Reese's cups. Uh, we have a special treat for you today. Well, not really a special treat. Uh, <laughs> We have an average every day. We thing. have an average. This is like uh, it's like dinner. You know, you're getting it. <laughs> it's it's it, we have it's nothing you, special. It's like the meatloaf of treats. Yeah, um, we're here to talk about something that maybe not a lot of people have watched. Maybe, maybe I I we got a VHS copy of it. And, um, oh, I loved it. It is uh, from the '80s. A little uh, a show called. X Men, <laughs> Pride of the X Men, or whatever. Uh, I think I think it just goes by Pride of the X Men. Yeah, these now. days it would have just been X Men. Um, but if you want to watch it, um, all you have to do is hop on YouTube mm-hmm. and just type in Pride of the X Men, and it comes right up. And it's like a twenty minute pilot. Yep. Uh, this was made in nineteen eighty nine, I think. Yep. 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 Uh, it was meant to serve as a pilot for what would be an X Men sh- series, uh, same animation style as like GI Joe mm-hmm. and uh, Transformers, Gem and the Holograms, Gotta all those classics. It had a Korean animation team, although it was um, since it was a pilot, it was really polished. That's probably the best thing you can say <laughs> about it. The uh, the animation and for the most part, the character design in it were really good. Like I would say. Uh, the animation was uh, better. I don't know if it was just because it was a pilot, but in general, it was better than the uh, later animated series from '92. Uh, less errors. A lot less errors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I noticed one error, but um, it's funny you mentioned the VHS because I remember going to my local Blockbuster, um, and this was right around when the '90s cartoon had come out, and I remember begging my mom to rent the. The video. Mm-hmm. And we did. And I remember watching it. And I, until I ended up watching it years and years and years later, I don't, didn't remember a thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> I left that good of an impression on you. Yeah. It, um, unfortunately, it was made and it never got made into a show. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a failed pilot. Due to mixed fan response. Um in a horrifically overflooded 1980s cartoon market. Yes, yeah, so it was meant to air, air like with uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Mm-hmm. It was meant to air with that. And it had that kind of same... I wouldn't be surprised if it was the same type of animation as well. Mm-hmm. And also it had the Stan Lee introduction. And, uh, but it just didn't take off. No, it had the same uh, family-friendly, uh, simplistic plot vibe, too. Uh, I mean, it's... Uh, 
I mean, the sign of the times, I mean, maybe it wasn't as bad as people say. Like, people said it was campy. It was. It is very campy, but it's, campy. it's, it's, yeah, no, but it's not, not in a bad way. It was no more campy than, like, the Transformers cartoon oh, in the 80s, yeah, or exactly. the G.I. Joe or Gem or any of that. It was no more or less. It was just... I mean, it was the target audience at the time. It was targeted for, like, you know, 6 to 12-year-olds. See... Comic book fans getting pissed about things isn't a new concept. <laughs> Age is old. Age is old. We've been bitching about things. <laughs> For as long as comics have existed. Yeah, anytime you change anything. But there were some weird changes in this. Um, yeah, ones that confused me even when I was a kid. <laughs> the, uh, the main character is Kitty Pride. Yeah, the, uh, the uh, perspective of the yes. every man, every person. Yes, she is supposed to be our perspective into this world. We are supposed to relate and uh, look at things through her and experience it through her. And our mom jeans. In her mom jeans. She is, <laughs> she's 14-year-old, dressed like a 35-year-old house mom. <laughs> well, you know, the 80s are a different time. You, you rolled up your tight mom jeans and you put on your high tops. and Your blazer t- with the shoulder pads. Yep, your, your beautiful shoulder-padded blazer, your tucked-in sweater. And you're good to go. Yeah. You're, oh, you poof out your hair with a couple gallons of That's Aquanet. Um, so she, she gets a letter from Professor Xavier. <laughs> this is where things get a little weird. A little questionable. Classic Professor Xavier. Because, it, we, you know, it, they did, like, at the end, they do say how old she is, and she is 14 years yep. old. So he sends her a letter telling her to come to the school, and she does. Of course, by herself. Because. No, no parents necessito. No. I mean, if the internet's taught us anything, that's <laughs> a perfectly safe scenario. <laughs> Nothing can go wrong. Absolutely not. So she shows up, and... She asks Professor Xavier how he knew that she's a mutant because she hasn't even told her parents. Which is like normally in like the big in, the big way that teenagers get introduced to the X-Men school is that their powers go out of control and their parents like get contacted by Professor Xavier. He's like, here, let me take them off your hands. Like, oh, thank God, you know, but... <laughs> Instead, Professor X is trolling for bitches. <laughs> Just <laughs> picking up 14-year-old girls that he finds with Cerebro. Like, ah, there's a good one. <laughs> oh, some good mom jeans on that one. <laughs> so, I mean, if you don't question that... <laughs> you're good to go for the rest of the 20-minute <laughs> ride you're going to be on. Oh, we forgot to mention, though, it... it uh, ah, never mind, I'll mention that towards the end. <laughs> never mind. Um, we're also introduced to Magneto and his Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. I think they just call them the Brotherhood of Mutant Terrorists. Yeah, one. they really emphasize much more that they PC were terrorists. Yeah. Well, back then it didn't have quite the uh, impactful nature <laughs> that the word has these days. Very impactful. <laughs> yes. Back then, when people thought of terrorists, they thought of you know like stuff like Greenpeace and like random airplane hijackings that didn't fly into buildings so much, and it's it has it was less of a buzzword at the time. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was what it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, in in this version, uh, Magneto's brotherhood consists of Juggernaut. Mm-hmm. With an even more penis-like helmet. If you can imagine that. <laughs> Do you remember when Juggernaut, there was a point in the comic books where Juggernaut did not wear pants? Yes, and he's, <laughs> there was a pretty much a point in time where everyone had like their normal costume and then just didn't have like 
legs to their pants. He had like the Colossus thing going on, but it looked really yeah, weird. It looked really bizarre on him. Probably because he's so like top heavy and like seeing him without pants is just even I would weird. say just Google Juggernaut without pants on, but I don't know. <laughs> Avoid any DeviantArt results. <laughs> That's uh might want to turn safe search on. <laughs> just Go- a- Galactus, he didn't wear pants for a minute. That's horrifying. And he still had the long sleeves and everything. Wow. No, I think he still had. Sh- I think he had. It's like people sleeves. that wear hoodies with uh, shorts. Shorts. Yep. Guilty. <laughs> or like just like a long sleeve t shirt. Yeah. With shorts. That's 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 a little weird. I, if I wear those, I'll like I'll like push mine up to the elbows just so I don't like feel like I'm wearing too much fabric on one half of my body. We're gonna have to talk about this later. <laughs> gonna be a fashion intervention. <laughs> um. Who else is in his brotherhood? There's Toad. Yep. Who, uh... Who's like Igor? Yeah, he's exa- He's pretty much Igor. He has that classic 80s costume with the weird, uh, like, cowl, like, ruffled cowl thing. That, like, he looks like a, you know, a 12th century surf. Yeah, yeah. Like, really weird. With, like, the pointy, floppy-toed shoes and... Um... Who else is there? There's, uh... The Blob. The blob. And he's the blob, but, you know. He's too fat to use syllables. (laughs) Where'd go? (laughs) Pyro. Uh, Pyro. pretty much just Pyro. Like, he was in any other animated uh, series you've seen him in. Did you say White Queen? Maybe. Frost, basically. Yeah. It sounds like an 80-year-old woman. Yeah, for, like, when they show her at first, and then she says, like, one sentence later, and she sounds, like, 20 years younger. Maybe. I think, like, they're just like, hey, you need to, like... You're not picturing the character the right way. Have you seen what she looks like? Oh, oh. <laughs> eh, don't worry. We'll just keep I'll t- it. I'll we'll... tone down on the witch voice then, I guess. No, no, we got we got a good. It's good. Um, in uh, the, the team of the X-Men that we have in this incarnation, mm-hmm. I'm not overly familiar with this grouping of the team. I don't know if this was a, a comics group. I, I know some like, of them. I know <clears throat> most of them were part of the all-new giant-sized X-Men when that issue mm-hmm. one came out. Uh, you had your Wolverine, uh, Nightcrawler, yep. Storm, Dazzler, Colossus. And then we also have Cyclops mm-hmm, with the classic uh, costume, you classic know, the, blue the, and yellow. Yeah, with the penis. Head. <laughs> yep, the covered head, penis-shaped head. Yep. He, um, he, he wrapped it up. <laughs> they really. The one thing I noticed is really trying to diversify the entire group. It's really like a uh, uh, we are the world type of setting <laughs> for these. This was just, yeah, this was in the late 80s, so that was really starting to come full swing. This is around the late 80s, early 90s. You had like Captain Planet just starting. So like, Yeah, actually, Dazzler kind of looks like she should be from Captain I Planet. I know. <laughs> she totally does. She has the headband yeah. and like the short jacket and oh, yeah. And yeah. she happens to look exactly like Olivia Newton-John, which cracks me up. <laughs> yes, we didn't get we got '80s Dazzler, not '70s. Yeah, not not disco the one in Dazzler. roller skates. Yeah, which one do you prefer? I'm gonna go with Olivia Newton-John. You like this this '80s version? Oh yeah, the go go uh, jazzer size uh, Dazzler. Well, my when favorite. I'm fighting crime, that's what I want. <laughs> well, I mean, her powers are so like goofy and not. She has like the goofiest like I turn sound into light. She didn't even really do that in this. She just kind of shot, shot like, yeah, lasers from her hand. People, yeah, weird little pulsing um, bulbs or something. I'm like, well, just don't yell around her. Let's not ignore the elephant in the room. <laughs> the biggest, the biggest thing that people, once you watch this, that you're going to take away from it, 
Something I noticed when I was like 10 years old when I watched it. Is, uh, I'm glad we know what we're talking about and didn't even say it or plan. Uh-huh. Because we don't plan anything. <laughs> uh, it's all by the seat of our pants. Uh, Wolverine, for, you know, Canadian hero, <laughs> has an Australian accent. A th- ridiculous, cartoony, thick Australian Yeah, accent. it's a borderline <laughs> on like a character. Yeah, he, sh- he, sh- he might as well be like a cartoon kangaroo or something. He's very grumpy too. Oh yeah, like he's yeah, like he's like he's just Wolverine is angry, but he just seems overly angry about everything. Yeah, he just responds with being pissed off at any situation ever. Like there's no not really any depth to his personality that they've shown. No, he's just. But you can say that about pretty much any character besides like Kitty Pride. The rest of you know they're all very um, transparent. Yeah, they're very archetypal, simplistic, one-dimensional characters. I mean. So much so that they got just got you know the guy that voiced Duke and GI Joe yeah. sounds like to do Cyclops. Like, yeah, hey, here's it's a leader same, guy, gung ho leader guy. Essentially the same role. Yep. Um, and then you got Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler's a little. I have a feeling he was going to end up being meant to be more of the comic relief mm-hmm. for the show. It had it continued. Yeah, he seems like the. Uh type because he was the one throwing jokes and everyone's like oh nightcrawler you know and everybody was was worried about him mm-hmm. and, and then you know colossus and storm they're just kind of there um as you can tell <clears throat> excuse me the plot and the character development were uh, the strong points of the show oh absolutely <laughs> <laughs> like even professor x and magneto like magneto was just like ha 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 you know he did he had like that very uh, stereotypical X-Men. Yeah. Even, what's funny is his first line in the show is, I am Magneto. Yep. <laughs> it's good that he got that out of the way right away. Yeah. That's, that's, we we missed a chance for countless dolls <laughs> that you squeeze and say, I am Magneto. <laughs> we really did. They missed the opportunity and we're never going to have it back. No. Um, the whole premise of this is uh, Magneto and his... his and Juggernaut and his Juggernaut. <laughs> they attack the the school. They they somehow fake an alarm and the X Men go someplace. Mm-hmm. Wait, or no? There's there's what was it Pyro and yeah, Pyro and Pyro and uh, the Blob. They're doing something at like a space station. We thought, or maybe like a science facility, or some. And for some reason, there's a scientist there with his daughter and uh, <laughs> and his wife. His yeah. wife. It's a science scientist family. Yeah, at the facility. I guess it was um, bring your family to work day. We'll give him the doubt, the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. Uh, what is it? There, Magneto goes to steal the the mutant power circuit. The mutant power the circuit. <laughs> if Which, that doesn't sound like something completely fucking made up, <laughs> you know what's funny? Like as goofy and like cartoonish as it seems, it's pretty much the plot of uh, the first X Men movie. Oh my god, you're right! <laughs> 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 Holy shit! <laughs> I just realized that. Even like the way Magneto like powers the machine, he like holds his hands above two like pylons with like balls at the end of it. It's just it powers like, it himself. Yeah, it's uh yeah, it's exactly the plot of the uh, first X Men movie. <laughs> you just blew my mind. Oh, that's funny. Did you? Is this something you just realized? Uh, yeah, like, I literally I like I remember thinking, wow, that looks like the first thing. I was like, oh my god, he's stealing the component from Cerebro to kill every human on the planet. It's, uh, it's almost exactly. <laughs> We're on to you, Brian Singer. 
All you need is a good 20-minute intro, and you can make yourself an X-Men movie. <laughs> We're all just one failed pilot away. And then he got the idea for an Australian Wolverine. Huge head. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wow. We're breaking ground. Yep. This is amazing. Shit. We're through the looking glass here, people. Yeah, there's there's no coming back. <laughs> Brian Singer's going to have us murdered after this. <laughs> In our butts. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly did a spit take. <laughs> That's what I was hoping. <laughs> I was really hoping. Uh, um, so, yeah, you, essentially you're right. The plot is the same. They get the mutant com- if, cerebral yeah, a, a plot spark. outline would be identical pretty much. The mutant all spark. Yeah. <laughs> Which it did look just like from the old uh, Transformers I, cartoon. It like, did. I was like, that kind of looks like the old <laughs> The same glowy, like. Yeah. Wow. So much. The world is just so interconnected. It is. It's a beautiful thing. It's just one big circle, man. Of ideas that are recycled. I thought you were going to say a Vicodin. A Vicodin. <laughs> one big circle of Vicodin. Um, so they they get the mutant cerebro circuit all spark thing. <laughs> and they go and they want to power their asteroid M to launch a meteor into Earth. But here's my question. Mm-hmm. So, well, they're not really clear in this. Like, Magneto's whole thing is he wants to liberate mutants Mm -hmm. and wants to wipe out humanity. So his response is you have a meteor hit Earth. (laughs) Thereby killing almost all humans and mutants. Yeah. (laughs) I think there's a hole in that plan. He's like, well, mutants will be more likely to survive. Like, some of them have superpowers. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, well, all right. I mean, like, if he had just gathered, like, you know, 500 mutants in, like, a weird doomsday bunker or something, yeah. it would have made more sense. And even, he doesn't even have, like, a, the best group no. of mutants. He's got, like, Toad. Toad and Blob. <laughs> Which, I mean... Lockheed. Is Lockheed a mutant? What's his backstory, anyways? The dragon? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I know he was, like, buddy-buddy with uh, Shadowcat for a long time. I'm not sure if he's, like, a mutant, like how... Lockjaw was an inhuman, or if he's like an alien, or what? If you know... Don't tell us. We don't care. Yeah. <laughs> don't correct us, because we don't, <laughs> we don't read our we emails. Don't, we don't respond to fan criticisms or corrections. I don't take criticism well. <laughs> no. We, we explode with anger. Justifiably so. It's the only yeah. way you can respond, how, really. How dare you? Question. How dare thee? <laughs> um... The weird thing, the other weird thing about this is in the span of a day, Kitty Pride goes from average, you know, 14-year-old girl. With a secret. With a secret. To uh, uh, saving the planet. Saving the planet and being an <laughs> astronaut. Yeah, and like being all gung-ho about it. You know, like first she's like terrified of everything. And then suddenly she just, very impressionable. Yeah, she, you know... I'm assuming that's why T- he... Typical teenager, just like, you know, just looking for something to latch on to and believe in. <laughs> She's like, this Xavier guy seems like he got it. <laughs> Doesn't it all seem like a creepy cult to me? <laughs> My favorite part was when, like, uh, he took the mutant power circuit, I think that's what it was called, and gave it to her. He's like, quick, run away from Magneto. <laughs> there, she's got it. Get her, you know, like... <laughs> well, and right before that, she, like, accidentally phases into the computer, thus... 
rendering the mansion's uh, defenses useless. Uh-huh. And he even says, it's like, Kitty, you're phasing through the control <laughs> panel. Stop leaning into shit. You're fucking up the, the egg security. <laughs> I really should just call the X-Men back, I guess, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, they, they go into space to try to stop uh, Magneto. And, mm-hmm. and his uh, generic doomsday device. His generic doomsday device. That would be the... Uh, the blueprint for countless comic book movies <laughs> <Yes>. to come. <laughs> Boy, no kidding. Uh, and there's a... It ends up to being a, a, a showdown between Nightcrawler and Magneto. Yes, the showdown we've all been waiting for. The one that we... All the lineup... Well, half of the lineups are really, like, weird. Yeah. Like Toad and Wolverine and uh, White Queen and Cyclops, you know, like... Uh, and uh, Dazzler and Pyro. Pyro. Like, oh, whatever. And the only one that made any sense was Colossus and Juggernaut. Yeah, Colossus and Juggernaut did make sense. That's the only one. I mean, that's the one you got to go to. And I guess, like, Blob and Nightcrawler make sense with, like, strength and immobility versus agility or something. Like, you know, like a David and Goliath type thing, but... What did Storm do? Uh, she kept the atmosphere inside the asteroid. Oh, yeah, that's right. She was busy. Yeah, she was very busy. The most powerful one was busy, you know, being a, you know, through a plot device. Shouldn't she have taken on Pyro? What does that mean? Yeah. Well, couldn't she have just sucked all the atmosphere out of the asteroid and killed them all and neutralized the threat? That's not the X-Men way. <laughs> Come how, about on. Just enough, how about just enough to render them unconscious, then? Okay, that's better. Um, what I didn't like about this storm is how she didn't, like, say a little poem every time she used her powers like she did in the newer animated series. Could you imagine <laughs> in the 1990s X-Men series getting stuck on a mission with Beast and Storm. <laughs> that, um, no, I don't think that ever did happen. Oh, uh, shit. They've had some funny team ups. It did. Did it? It, in the first episode, it was, uh, Wolverine, Beast, Storm, and Morph that were going into the Mutant Control oh, Center. Oh, that's right. I love Beast. He's probably my favorite. Constantly quoting and just like, oh. <laughs> Way over my head at that age. Oh, yeah. And well, still, I mean, who do you know these days that just goes around quoting like Tennyson at random times? And <laughs> Not enough people, that's someone for Someone sure. to look at them. Like, if someone else did it, I'd just be like, oh, my God, this guy. I Beast quote, does it, though. I quote Tennyson in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I've seen it. It's, it's kind of creepy. <laughs> um, there, there is a, a bit of a scare towards the end of this. Is uh, Nightcrawler is doing something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of stopped paying attention at this point. He was uh, the circuit got damaged to stop the weird tractor beam. So he was acting as like a, a, a human conduit, conduit. to a spacesuit. I'm assuming, without, yeah. without electrocuting him to death. So he was in doing this. He was redirecting the meteor back to asteroid M. Kind of a dick move. Mm-hmm. You just don't destroy somebody's house with an <laughs> asteroid. They don't like each other. No, this half of mutants and the other half. Um. Uh, so he's doing this, and the the catch is is if he lets go, the me, the meteor is going to automatically head yeah, right back. Immediately, just go right back to Earth, like double time. <laughs> Hit it twice as hard. <laughs> so you know they're doing. He's doing the whole everyone get out of here, mm-hmm. and, and Professor Xavier is trying to tell him he needs to teleport at the exact moment right before the meteor hits. Teleport to the Blackbird, and. Uh, he does it, but somehow fucks up. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just falling into the Earth's atmosphere, <laughs> burning up seemingly. 
And they're like, lost the hooks to get them. And there's yeah, these two fucking massive hooks. Like that, weird, like metal clamps that go flying out of the front. <laughs> that surely would have killed him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They would have decapitated the him. The noise some... it made when they like went. <laughs> like, and the things are like half the size of his body. It would have been brutal. Had they got, got him, they would have been like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, like the clamps are like larger than a Jaws of Life. They were like, they were about like the size of like, I don't know, like. Just, I don't know, imagine jumper cables that were the size of a human body, and you pretty much got what these things look like. How would you rather go giant jumper cables or burning up an Earth atmosphere? <laughs> <laughs> I guess the jumper cables, because... Uh, Be more instant? Yeah. Maybe you'd, <laughs> eh, maybe you'd pass out. That's true. No, uh, for Earth's atmosphere. Well, you'd pass out from shock pretty quickly from being cut in half by... Uh... <laughs> that's, not, that's not passing out, that's death. <laughs> yeah. Either way, I guess just flip a coin at that point, because... Yeah. Well, either either no. way makes a pretty bitchin' obituary. Yeah. Nightcrawler died by giant jumper cables. <laughs> While being incinerated in Earth's atmosphere. <laughs> I want that on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> the first of many. <laughs> Um, but all is not lost, as we see, as, as they begin to mourn the loss of Nightcrawler, uh, he appears in one of the lockers. Somehow. Somehow. Like, how the hell do you look inside the locker? Out of spacesuit. Because, yeah, they, they <laughs> emphasize that his mutant power is teleportation in line of sight, which makes teleportation sound really stupid. Yeah, well, I guess, I guess they wanted to limit it, because it's a pretty heavy... He had the Sword of Omen. <laughs> yeah, we had to give him sight beyond sight. <laughs> yep. Staring into it. There we go. All is answered. I wonder <laughs> if that was the same animation team. I'm beginning to assume that it was just one animation yeah, one team. One gigantic that did, that did everything. group of Korean people in a sweatshop being that did uh, while they animate. Uh, Thundercats and He-Man. Yep. She-Ra. Uh, so I could just start naming 1980s cartoons now. Mask. That was a good one. Oh, oh, oh. I never watched Mask. I had the action figures. Mm, good for you. Thank you. <laughs> um, Visionaries. So, all, right, all right, I'm done. Did Magneto escape? Yeah, he took everybody and just like f- boogied on out of there at once. <laughs> boogied. <laughs> they did. Boogie, boogie, boogie. boogie. <laughs> everybody just went out in a bubble like in five seconds. Well, they're all like all over the asteroid. He's like, oh, come on, everybody, we're out of here. Surely to fight another day. <laughs> yes. In Sam, another episode. Yeah, in another animated series. It never happened. It's you funny because, like, the lineup of, uh, in the, you know, the actual famous X-Men animated series where, in the animated intro where they all go running into each other and, like, that symbolic opening, it's, act- it's actually a really similar lineup because you had, like, the Blob, Juggernaut, and, like, other, pe- I don't think the White Queen was in it, though, but they were all, like, in that lineup when yeah. they were clashing into each other. It was one thing I never, uh, I never liked, well, I shouldn't say never liked, but I, I always wish would have happened in the 90s X-Men show. I wish uh, Magneto would have got his brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Like, he was always just kind of a loner. He wasn't really ever, except no, for yeah, a couple he, episodes. He, did, he teamed up, but he never led a team. Yeah. There was except a, unless you count Asteroid M. But I was going to say there was Asteroid M. Which was really, probably two of my favorite episodes. Loved Cortez. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we're, we're just about <laughs> to both start impersonating him left and right. I think... Uh, I'll pass. Oh, man. Um, My throat's a little scratchy otherwise. If only Mikey were here. He has the every line he has, like, memorized down pat. (laughs) 
I renounce you. I renounce you. <laughs> Return. Right, see, you started it. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Once you talk about Cort- Cortez, or yep, that was it. So, would you would you recommend uh, this to an X Men fan who maybe is a fan of the movies and comics, and maybe is not ever seen this or know of it? I would say so. Um, I think um, if you don't enjoy it for the campiness, you could at least enjoy it for a great piece of X Men lore and like a case of what could have been. You know, it's it's not that bad, really. No. If, if you consider the time it was made, well, I mean, it's um, it's not like it had a lack of talent behind it. It was just uh, the direction was um, skewed. Yeah, the the direct they were definitely aiming for a much younger audience. Like, even compared to the uh, early 90s cartoon that came out uh, a few years later, they talk about how um, even that cartoon is... I mean, like, you can't blame it for being campy and then love the other X-Men cartoon because... That has its moments. Yeah, it's it's one of the most, like, campy, over-the-top, ridiculous cartoons that have ever been made, and that's what makes it so great, in my humble opinion. You know, and we live in a day and age where it, it seems like campy... Almost, almost... It's a dirty word. Is what, yeah, it's a dirty word. Like, you instantly think terrible things. Like, that's one of, uh, like, when it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, everyone, one of the big uh, ammunition, you know, bombs that are used against it by people on the internet when they talk about how they prefer DC films. They say DC films are for adults. The Marvel movies are campy and for children, and, you know, it's all jokes and fun, and everyone's okay at the end. I mean, uh, I disagree. I don't think that their humor and uh, silliness definitely have a place in comic books. They have since the beginning. It's part of the uh, integral makeup. There's plenty of room for anything that you like, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and also, too, like, uh, we have, you know, Batman Return of the Cape Crusader coming out. Yeah. And that's going to be, like, ultra campy. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, you know, distilled campiness, and that's what people like about it. No reason to thumb your nose up at it or... or Act like you're of higher intellect. Oh, yes. No need for holier-than-thou attitudes when it comes to comic books. Like, you shouldn't take it too seriously. That's, I think that is a no-no. But I think you shouldn't take anything too seriously. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I would say definitely not. Um, but I, I, would, I would, if I was going to rate this, usually we don't rate TV shows or stuff mm-hmm. like this, um, so if I was just to you know do a, a normal one to five star rating, I mean it'd be like a two and a half. Mm-hmm. I'd probably give it a three. If I could rate the animation and the uh, rest of it separately, I'd give the animation a five. The uh, the animation, yeah, that's where pretty, it shines. Pretty much top notch. Like like there's no flaws in perspective or proportions, no color problems, no animation errors that I could perceive. We're looking at you, nineteen nineties. <laughs> I mean, that's the 1990s X-Men, like the animation errors and perspective errors and reused animation. Spider-Man. Or, oh, God. Spider-Man's animation, I felt, was even worse. Like, at least they didn't const like, so much. Every time he web slung, it was just the same animation over and over again. And, like, every time the Kingpin talked, they just slowed down or sped up the animation to match the way his mouth was moving. And, and like, it always looked really, like, choppy. And, yeah. Like, the like you have a bad working. internet connection and it's <laughs> lagging. It was just bad. 
in red. Like watching it now, it's rough to watch. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so check it out if yeah, you have a spare twenty minutes, minutes. Yeah, it's I, it's definitely worth your time. I feel. Um, before we wrap this up, there is one bonus thing we we discovered in watching this. Mm-hmm. So if you go to watch this on YouTube, make sure you watch. There's one version that's like 22, 21 minutes long. <laughs> there's another version that's like twenty four minutes long. That extra two, three minutes... Well worth it. Is well worth it. It compiles <laughs> of Spider-Man telling you to register and vote. <laughs> Definite uh, perfect use of the target audience yeah. right there. <laughs> hey, kids, go out there and vote. Complete with him uh, registering himself and signing yes, Spider-Man. <laughs> and I don't know if that... I don't know if... Could he... Is he registered then as Peter Parker and Spider-Man? Oh, man. That seems a little fishy. He might have just got him in trouble. Yeah. Double voting. <laughs> Double dipping at the ballot. I wonder if superheroes can do that. It's a good question. Shit. <laughs> Maybe that's what the Registration Act was all about. It was. You can't, Voter fraud. That's why they wanted to reveal their identity, so there was no more. <laughs> it all makes sense yep, now. Finally. All right. I think that'll do it for this week's edition uh, be sure to check us out on Sundays at Pod Bros Podcasting Network. We're also on Google Play. You can also catch us on Stitcher Radio. Uh, we have a Facebook at Facebook, Kapowcast2015. Twitter at Kapowcast. Instagram, Kapowcast. <sighs> and soon, one day, iTunes. One sweet day. One sweet day. Uh, until then, I am Mike. And I am Jeff. We'll see you next time on Kapowcast. Woohoo!